podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered. It's a momentous occasion for Australian cricket. They have won the World Test Championship at the Oval, beating India on the fifth day by 209 runs. I'm Menas. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. Paul, what a what a day for Australian cricket. G'day, Menas. G'day, everyone. Yeah, a joyful day. Um, really exciting, really pleased. Really pleased with Scott Boland and... Um, Really started to buy into the the cult figure hero that he has become, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than I expected. I think maybe the um, the acrimony of the day before probably lent a little bit of extra determination to my um, fandom, and um, I, I was really satisfied that Australia won it. So now Australia have won every major ICC trophy, five 50-over World Cups, one T20 World Cup, two Champions Trophies, and now the World Test Championship. It's quite a record for Australia. Um, The trophy cabinet's pretty full down in Jollymont. Well, the trophy cabinet's pretty full in Australia. I don't want to single out a Melbourne suburb. Brilliant stuff from Australia. And, you know, this really is a a huge achievement for Pat Cummins. He took over the team when Tim Payne was um, sensationally had to quit the role as captain on the eve of the Ashes um, two summers ago. And he's now led Australia to this World Test Championship, despite being a fast bowler, despite having no captaincy experience. Um, But he's done it. You know, they've beaten England, South Africa, the West Indies, Pakistan. They drew in Sri Lanka and they lost the close series in India. And now they've beaten India at the Oval. So there's no argument. They are the undisputed best test team at the world, best test team in the world at the moment. Doesn't mean there aren't others close to them, but they are number one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that um, uh, congratulations to India for beating Australia uh, in, in Australia during this cycle. And that test match at the Gabba that they won was was absolutely fantastic. But I, I do think, as I as I have said for a little while, that if there was to be a test match on um, neutral territory, that if Australia was playing anyone, Australia would start the match as favourites. And I think that the, the result of this game has borne that out. So let's go back to the start of play. I said on our day four wrap that I thought the match would be over by lunch and they were just a few minutes behind that. Um, and, and it started off sensationally for Australia when Scott Boland dismissed Virat Kohli for 49. Steve Smith diving away to his right, taking an absolute gem, no doubt about this one. And that was his 157th catch for Australia in the outfield. He's level with Tubby Taylor and just behind Mark War and Ricky Ponting. Uh, but that was just... Just an absolute corker. I reckon it was the moment of the match and maybe the moment of the World Test match um, cycle that India had looked very, very much at ease. The pitch had looked pretty flat during the morning. And there was, you know, I I think it's an example of the respect that I have for this Indian side that I, as an Australian fan, really thought, geez, they are a chance of actually winning this. Um, And so... For that catch to be taken, and what a catch um, from from Boland, as I said, a bowler that is fast becoming my favourite um, favourite cricketer in the game. It was a, a stunning moment. And then uh, the exclamation mark was added to it when two balls later, Jadeja nicked one through to, to Carey as well, off the same bowler. Yeah, so with Jadeja out for a duck. And he can be such a, an annoying player down the order. And at that point... 
you know, India were five for 179. And from there, it was hard to see them um, winning the game, but certainly a draw wasn't out of the question. But then wickets um, fell consistently. Rahane was um, caught by Carey off the bowling of Stark. Um, just a bit of a waft outside the off stump, and he was out for 46. Um, and then Shardul Thakur went for a duck, absolutely plumb in front to Nathan Lyon. And at that stage, India were 213 for seven, and they were just falling like um, they were falling very quickly, Paul. Yes, it did happen very quickly in the end. Um, and uh, th- th- that, that partnership, the very brief partnership that, that sort of started to begin after those first two wickets, you know, again, uh, an example of the respect that I hold for, for India, I started thinking, oh, you know, they could still make something of this. But, um, yes, it was very satisfying um, to, to see it all happen um, just before, well, a few minutes after the scheduled lunch break, but um, they, they, they held the lunch break back because of the fact that India were nine down. So, yeah, um, you were right. Uh, ultimately, it was pretty much um, Australia winning at lunch on the final day. And, and I, I think, as I said in the podcast yesterday, when people come to look at this match in years to come, the margin of victory will be one of those that uh, obscures how competitive a game it really was. And probably India can feel that Australia rested that advantage on day one. For the rest of the match, it was pretty close. But Australia, having had their noses in front on that day one, never really, never really surrendered the lead. No, not at all. Um, and then just closing out the innings, uh, Umesh Yadav was caught down the leg side off Stark. Good catch by Carey. He had a good game, two good innings, some smart catches and um, grabbed that one. And then um, Barrett hit one up in the air offline. He was caught. And then Siraj, the last wicket to go down, fittingly caught by Scott Boland, um, who has made such an impact in this this World Test Championship cycle. And uh, so he took the the catch line, got the wicket. And at the end of the innings, the wickets were shared around. Cummins got one, Boland three, Stark two, and Lyon, the best figures, four for 41. And I think sort of looking at the match as a whole, Paul, you're right. You know, that head innings on the first day was decisive, supported by Smith. And I thought it was a good team effort with the ball from Australia. Yeah, uh, I, I think Australia played really well. Um, and I, I think um, I, I think my overarching view is, that despite the criticism that I have given of the pitch and despite my disappointment at the way that the, the Cameron Green catch was, was, was treated yesterday, that it was still a, a wonderful occasion for Test cricket. And anyone who needed any kind of convincing that when you give Test cricket um, the, the right conditions to flourish, and I'm trying to sort of make the point that Yes, I have been very critical of the pitch, but aside from the uneven bounce, um, the, the, there were things that t- I suppose to like about this pitch that it it produced some pretty attractive cricket. I still think that um, this form of the game definitely has a future, and I'm not one of these people that doesn't like T20 cricket. I love T20 cricket, but I I really do think they are the two forms of the game that that can persist and thrive into the future that T20 is absolutely fantastic. But I think if test cricket is allowed to, um, you know, wither away, then an enormously wonderful part of the sport will have gone with it. So I I hope that this convinces everyone um, that, you know, it wasn't the thrilling finish that we might've got, but for, for four and a half days for this to have been enthralling for, for many, many people around the world, I think proves that test cricket definitely has a future. Yeah, spot on. And I guess one of my only disappointments with this match was I did 
think that you could tell both teams were a little bit undercooked when it came to test cricket and were just a little bit off the pace. And, um, you know, I'd like to see them maybe, you know, played a bit more test cricket leading up to it. I know it's hard, but um, I, th- I thought it affected both teams a, a little bit. Um, but anyway, Australia come out on top. Travis said player of the match for his innings of 163. Uh, and, you know, I sort of think what what's where does India go from here, Paul? Because, you know, this is the second World Test Championship final in a row. They've got, I wouldn't say an ageing team, but certainly when you look at Pujara, Rahane, Kohli's declining test form, you know, this this new cycle could signal a, a change of the guard. And, you, you know, you and I, when we were covering the IPL, saw so many young, exciting players. It's not like they'll be struggling to fill the spots. Yeah, I don't think that India is ever going to be struggling at, at test level. They've, you're right. They've got a, such a, a production line of wonderful talent. It's a question of um, making judicious selections as to as to who should fill those spots. And, you know, that, that to, to have made the final two years in a row, or well, two cycles in a row, and to have lost in two highly competitive matches, um, you know, they, they can't be... Obviously, it's very disappointing for Indian fans, but I don't think they should be too disappointed. I'm sure that in the years to come, India is going to be uh, one of the, the nations that, that is the most successful uh, as far as the World Test Championship is concerned. It's an interesting point you make about their, their preparation. I suppose, in hindsight, it would have been great for them each to have had um, a little bit more time in England, maybe um, one genuine game against a county, uh, maybe uh, pushing this back a week. But, uh, you know, the, the schedule is such that you push this back a week, the Ashes get pushed pushed back a week, the hundred gets pushed back. It's kind of um, it, it, it's very difficult. So, uh, oh, you know, I still think that there are a lot more positives that world cricket can take out of this week than, than negatives. Definitely, and India have to be commended for making two finals in a row, being you know such a force in Test cricket. And this was a you know a close match and. Although the margin doesn't look that way, you know, at, at times there, you and I are very nervous about, well, I was especially, um, at times. So, yeah, great perform, great match, but Australia deserving champions. And I sort of, it does feel like a, a World Cup win as, as a, a fan, doesn't it, Paul? It's an interesting one. It, it's sort of halfway in between. I, 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 I'm not sure how to feel about it, um, but I think that the... As we've said on these shows, the fact that it has been on Channel 7 in Australia, which is a, a free-to-air network and one of the two big networks, has made it feel um, much bigger than it otherwise might have been. If it had been on Foxtel, then, you know, the cricket fans would have seen it, but I don't I don't think that the average person would have sought it out. The fact that it's been on, on one of the big two networks, I think, has been significant, and I, I, I think that it has... Um, it's always very difficult in the middle of the football season for for cricket um, outside of a of a Winter Ashes series to raise its head above the parapet and get the Australian mainstream interested. But I think this match has, and I think that um, probably the the controversy of the catch, although I deplore it, um, probably has raised the, the the profile of the game. And then um, again, I think it's a um, a sign of the of the, the respect that Australia has for India as well. The, the fact that Australia has beaten India um, will give sports fans a lot of satisfaction. They know that, you know, you don't beat India easily these days. Speaking of what it might do for the sport here, I, I mean, it, it couldn't have happened at a better time, virtually prime time on a Sunday night, Australia push and get the win. I'll be very curious to see the rating figures when they come out over the next couple of days because, I mean, it's just about perfect. 
Absolutely, and I think the fact that Scott Boland um, uh, uh, took that key wicket was 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 significant as well. I think there's um, an enormous amount of affection for him. Um, there is a um, they have a Sunday night Twilight Aussie Rules game on. I, I never know, so I'm not sure whether the people of Melbourne and Adelaide and Perth would have had it live. It might have been on the affiliate um, Channel Seven Mate, but certainly. Um, uh, around the country, there would have been plenty of people who are casual cricket fans only tuning in, seeing this. And, um, and yeah, I, I think it would have had a fair degree of cut through. And this is a real legacy piece for this team. It's strange because it's on the cusp of an Ashes, but if you just, you know, take it aside from what's to come, you know, this is a real sort of a really important moment for this unit that uh, they've they've often they haven't really had that signature moment in Test cricket. You know they've dominated at home, they but they haven't got the big away series win. And this is probably it. You know this is the one for Cummins and Stark and Warner and Smith and uh, Kawaja and all the senior players to really sort of reflect on. And um, you know if they go on and win the Ashes, it, it could just be a magical summer. I agree. I think that it absolutely it's a, it's a it's a major moment for this generation. I I, I do slightly um, I find it slightly disappointing that there's uh, uh, from a from a semantics point of view, I I would like to be able to say that Australia won the Ashes in 2019, um, and and had it been a draw and had England retained the Ashes, I would say the same thing. I, I don't like the distinction of having to say, oh no, Australia didn't win the Ashes in 2019; they retained the Ashes. No. They won the Ashes in 2019. They drew the series and that entitled them to win the Ashes based on the fact that they were the holders. Uh, but I get your point that 2019 drawing the series uh, uh, felt like unfinished business. And I think that this is now a major moment for this team. Um, I do think I still, I still do think that the, what happens in the Ashes is also going to be just as important for the legacy of this team as well, though. Yeah, just a just a great moment, and I sort of think of who have been the stars, and you mentioned Boland, but I guess Kawaja's comeback it might have been the key piece in that top order because you know he came back in that Ashes series, and since then has just been such a rock at the top of the order. And when you consider the way Davy Warner's been struggling, um, you know it was really important to have another a strong opener up there. So you know that that's been a key sort of piece I think to this team sort of surging to this title. Oh, I agree. Usman Kawaja and Travis Head. I think the two of them have um, uh, buttressed the enormous um, sensational abilities of, of, of Smith and Labashain. And you've now got four players in the top uh, top six who are who have been scoring a prolific amount of runs in, in, in recent times. Uh, so it's kind of it says something when the weakest two batters of the top six are David Warner, who is a, a fabulous player. And Cameron Green, who Greg Chappell said may well be the most talented youngster he's ever seen since Ricky Ponting. So I, I think that's um, that's obviously half of the success, the, the, the tremendous batting, and then the the bowling lineup that has been so consistent for so long of Hazelwood, Stark, and Cummins, and Lyon. And then as Hazelwood has uh, faced a few injuries in his last cycle, Boland has slipped in and has, um, uh, you know, not missed a beat. He's, if anything, he's been one of the standout players as well. And I just want to give a little bit of an honourable mention to Matt Kuhneman and Todd Murphy, who I thought really excelled on that tour of India. So, you know, Australia's cupboard is pretty stocked now. And I just want to run a stat by you, Paul, that Cricket Cosmos shared earlier, and it was the most centuries by a batter after 100 tests, and the most is Sunil Gavaskar and Sachin Tendulkar with 30. Well, um, 
Steve Smith's got 31 and he hasn't even gone past 100 tests. I think he's played 97 tests. So we really are seeing um, a legend um, in front of us. Look, I'm not going to criticise you because I know you mean well, but uh, I find that an offensive thing for you to state. The fact Bradman? that Don Bradman, after <laughs> 52 it. tests, got 29 centuries. It's like, you know, we've just had a, a wonderful moment of Australia winning the World Test Championship and you've uh, insulted me in that way. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, it's not my fault. Uh, the wall <laughs> robbed Bradman of another 50 tests, probably. Maybe not, maybe 25 at that time. Anyway, well, that is it, I guess. Any Anything else you want to say, Paul, before we wrap this up? No, I just think that um, uh, I have thoroughly looked forward to and enjoyed every night. I, I, you know, I was very disappointed with the way that the catch went down, but, that, you know, that's, that's one of these things. I've criticised the pitch, but, again, I, I, I think those are two fairly minor things in the in the – in the grand scheme of things, that I think that this test match has been a wonderful spectacle and it shows that when test cricket is shown the love that it deserves, I would put it up there against any other form of sporting entertainment in the world. I go back to in 2005 when Simon Hill, who is an Englishman who's come to live in Australia, he's mainly um, a soccer commentator, a really good one, and SBS got him to uh, sort of host the uh, Ashes in the studio and I reckon he took the job based on the fact that, oh, well, oh, you know, money's money, let's do it. By the end of it, I remember him saying, almost with a tone of um, incredulousness in his voice, saying, I don't think this is a better sporting contest in the world than what's going on right now. And I, I think that that's what Test Cricket can do. Yes, there are dull periods, but when it all comes together and when it is all good, uh, I would defy anyone who, who's sat down and watched every ball of this match and taken it all in to walk away thinking anything other than this is a worthy spectacle. This form of the game should be loved and should be given every chance it can to flourish um, for for the next 146 years. Wow. Moving stuff. Um, just want to close off a little bit on the discussion around Cameron Green's catch yesterday. I don't know if you heard, but Ricky Ponting gave a very good explanation in the commentary box saying how the umpire basically said he thought the fingers were under the ball. And by the way he interprets the laws, that's out. And um, it wasn't like the ball, the, you know, the fingers were always under the ball from his interpretation. Um and I would just be curious the sanction Shubman Gill gets for his tweet. I said he should be banned for three tests on Twitter, and I'm, it's an absolute bloodbath um, for me. But, uh, yeah, where, where do you sit on that one? Yeah, I saw that explanation that uh, Ricky Ponting and, and Alison Mitchell gave, and I uh, reiterate my comments from last night that the laws need to be rewritten. The laws should be crystal clear. There shouldn't need to be talk of, interpretations and the, and the way that um, the, the the law is applied, you should be able to look at it and take it at face value. So there should be an extra couple of sentences added in to make it absolutely clear exactly how it is to be regarded. And if it is to be that, um, you know, if, it, if, if the ball has been caught and then there is a, a brushing of the grass that is incidental and not... Uh, assisting in the actual taking of the catch, then that shall be considered as out. Something well-worded along those lines um, should be sufficient. And I think it's very disappointing that it has come to this point that that hasn't been the case and that, you know, it's been the subject of so much scrutiny in the last couple of years, the soft signal and the way it's done. I, I think that the lawmakers should hang their heads in shame that they haven't made a, a better fist of it. And I feel really, really great sympathy to Richard Kettleborough 
who, um, you know, made his decision in good faith and I think made the right decision has been castigated all around the world. And I feel really, really sympathetic towards Cameron Green um, and the, the way that he's been booed and he did not deserve it. And I, I think that um, I can understand if I was Shubman Gill and I saw that photo and I thought, well, I have been robbed here. I can understand the anger and I, I can understand um, the anger of Indian fans who think that the decision was incorrect. But I think that there does need to be um, some form of punishment. And that I um, I wish Shubman Gill all the best, but I tend to agree with you that I think that there should be some form of um, uh, suspension applied for, for that tweet. Uh, and that, you know, you can come back from that bigger and better than ever. But I, d- I don't think that you should be able to make that sort of criticism with impunity. Absolutely. Well, what a what a, a week for Test cricket. What a win for Australia. It's been thrilling. Um, so many great highlights. But Paul, I think we should wrap it up. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, we've got lots of Ashes coverage coming. We're going to do a full preview of the Ashes in the middle of this week. So stay tuned for that. We'll also be doing daily wraps. We'll be covering the Ashes. It's going to be fantastic. Go and follow us on social media. I'm at Amenas on Twitter. Paul, where can they find you? Uh, well, I think at the moment, just look for us um, at um, uh, Cricket Unfiltered on TikTok. I've got my Ashes uh, top 55 countdown. I've been talking about it. It's coming soon. Um, life has got in the way, but I'm about to start recording it. So uh, please uh, join us to, to, to follow the top 55 along there. And if you're in Sydney or anywhere in um, Australia or the world, Uh, have a look at our live show date. Uh, It's in October. It's going to be a great show. And um, tickets are selling now. We'd love to see you there. Indeed. Well, that's it from Cricket Unfiltered. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us throughout this test match. There's going to be a lot more to come. But in the end, congratulations to Pat Cummins and his team. They are the World Test Champions. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network.